The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. about to inspire you with the stories of real people. Welcome to A Current Life with your host, Jimmy Gould. In the next hour, you will meet one of the most interesting and successful people in the world. Listen as Jimmy gets their real story of success, both the highs and the lows. We hope that you take with you some of the ideas we will share today and embrace your own journey. Now, here's Jimmy. Welcome to this Valentine's Day special of A Current Life. I'm your host, Jimmy Gould, and I'm very excited and honored to introduce to you two very special guests, Patty Brisbane and Chris Ciccinelli. Welcome to A Current Life, Patty and Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I'm extremely happy to have you both in A Current Life. Last year, we had Chris as a guest on the show and learned a lot about his journey, his ups and downs, and, and what he's been through, and, and obviously a lot of aspects, and different aspects of pure romance, and it was just a phenomenal show. And uh, for our listeners across the globe, we've been trying to get Patty on the show, so we're honored to dedicate Valentine's Day to pure romance and to the great work that's being done, uh, Patty, by you and by your foundation and, 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 and by your company. So with that, I'd like to just let everybody know that Patty Brisbane is the founder of Pure Romance. Her commitment to educating and empowering women has made her a respected expert in the fields of sexual health and relationships. And Chris Ciccinelli is the CEO and president of Pure Romance, and they have transformed Pure Romance from a small mother and son business to a multi-million dollar international force, you can go to www.pureromance.com, www.pureromance.com. Um, and with that, since this show is dedicated to intimacy and the fact that everybody confronts every day these issues that deal with their relationships with one another and, and with the issue of intimacy. Patty, I would ask you to kind of tell us what is intimacy? How do you define it? Well, I would define intimacy as it, it, it's a process. Uh, I think intimacy happens over time. It's how one person feels not only about themselves, but about others in their lives. Um, and, and that's what I feel about intimacy. I feel that it is definitely a process. Do you think there's a misunderstanding, and or would it be correct to say that intimacy is mostly associated with sex in people's minds, and it's really not just about that, it's about a lot of different things? I would have to say, I think when you hear the term intimacy, people think immediately about sex, and I think that um, that's, I think that's where people's minds go to, but that is not what it's about. It is about how people, you know, interact with one another, how people feel about whether it's their partners or a friend. Um, so, yes, there's a lot more to intimacy than just the intimate act itself. And, Chris, let me ask you, and, uh, you know, does intimacy in your mind evolve? Is it something that immediately is there or that you have to kind of work at it and develop it in a relationship, in whatever kind of relationship you're in? You know, like I said last time, I think intimacy does evolve over a period of time. You know, when with movies and radio, TV, everything that people show when they show intimacy now, it is, um, with, you know, a couple, uh, you know, embracing each other or kind of in that act. And, and like I said last time, intimacies could be a look. You know, intimacy could be a, you know, just uh, that two people share with each other. So, I think intimacy is built over over a period of time, and the longer that you're with each other, and you know those little subtle looks that you give each other, those little subtle you know words that you use, that's how you know intimacy is built over a over a longer period of time. Do you think, in looking at intimacy, and Patty, I would ask you, do you think that it's been one of the most important 
parts of a relationship in terms of whether or not a relationship can work. I, I often hear, you know, you've got to be friends with your partner. You've got to be intimate with your partner. You, do you have to, first of all, know yourself well before you can be intimate with someone else? Absolutely. I think you really have to know yourself well. You have to give yourself permission to know yourself well. Because how is it that you're, you're going to be able to communicate what your needs, you know, what your desires are with your partner until you know them yourself? So, yes, I think that plays a big part. And what would you say some of the barriers are, other than obviously growing up and, you know, being taught certain things in certain ways and stuff like that? Uh, uh, I know, speaking personally, I've had a few marriages and they haven't worked out. Uh, I'm very close to the people. It seems I'm closer afterwards than when I was married. So I tend to think that maybe I wasn't as intimate as I needed to be and and I'm not afraid to take a look at myself and say, how can I learn intimacy? Is it something I can learn? Is it something I can teach myself? Is it something that I, that if you don't have it, you don't have it? And I, and I think it's a question that I would ask also Chris to, to kind of go into from a man's point of view. So I'm curious from both of you how you, how you look at that. Well, here's how I look at it. I think that sometimes a barrier could be just fear, you know, fear of uh, being rejected, fear of something that may have happened in your past. Um, I think that um, that can play a, a huge part in, in opening up fear of, you know, maybe you would uh, you would be embarrassed or, you know, he might come back and say, I never thought you felt that way or, or your significant other would just say, oh, that's that's really silly. So I think that um, those could be some of the barriers. And uh, another one is not knowing how to communicate. And again, not knowing yourself. Yeah, I think, so, I think one of the other ones would be, you know, from a man's perspective, it's, it's time. You know, uh, you know, when you think about the, the time, you know, not giving yourself enough time to build the, the intimacy that it takes that, you know, it takes in a relationship. And the other thing, too, that, you know, I, I hear a lot from, you know, when I travel with all over the country, we have, you know, 100,000 women that work for us. And one of our barriers as men is we don't listen. And a lot of women, you know, like us to be able to listen. And that goes back to what mom said about the communication mm-hmm. and, and how two people communicate really is how and where intimacy starts is in that communication. And, and it's not the communication that's so physical. It's the communication that is, you know, the open dialogue, it's the talkings, it's the finding out the needs, the wants. Um, and especially me now, you know, I'm 38 years old. I have, you know, three awesome children and I got them in that, that age group of six, three and two. You know, my wife and I have to work a lot harder on our intimacy because we're dealing with time where we're dealing with raising children and we need that, that communication time where we can just sit down and have 30 minutes with each other. And, and after I spend that 30 minutes, I can see us, even our relationship improving and, and, and the intimacy even raising to a whole nother level. But I can tell when I have it, spent that time, I know that it's going backwards. And, and so it is being able to have that check and balance. You know, Patty, how, how in your view has intimacy changed in the way people uh, have either grown into it or, or away from it? Uh, we have such a complex society and such a global society. How in your way, uh, because what you're doing today, what your company's doing today, is so fabulous. I mean, that's why I wanted to be involved. And and for our listeners, uh, you all are sponsors of, of this show. But more importantly, you know, I wanted you to be because I feel that you're changing lives and you're you're, you're dealing with so many different issues. Because if we're not happy and we're, we don't understand ourselves, we can't begin to change the world for the better. And you're doing a lot of that. And even the work you're doing with cancer and, and the way, you know, women overcome a lot of the problems that people aren't even aware of when you have cancer. And, and I just think it's really phenomenal. I, I applaud the work that you're doing with it. And, and I'm curious, how has it, things changed over your lifetime? And has that really opened up the avenue that you were able to build this kind of company and really touch as many people as you've touched? Well, I think it, for me, the way that it has changed is by opening up and listening to what women's needs are and, you know, what their desires, where they want to go, where they're, you know, what road is it that they want to travel. And also having them, it's a very permission-based 
thing and having them opening up their minds and being able to communicate that with their partners, not only with their partners, but with themselves first. I think that it's so important. And I've seen the change because I think when women especially come to like a pure romance party, uh, I think it helps them to understand themselves better and it helps them to define a little bit more about what it is, what their wants and needs are in their life. Um, it also teaches them, too, how to communicate better with their significant other. And I think that they know that it's a process, that it's not something that just happens overnight. Yeah, I think I think intimacy, too. I think more people are becoming open. I think that's the biggest change I've seen, you know, when I first started, you know, with my mom in 2000, and now we're in 2014. I mean, you know, intimacy is now people are actually talking about it because of pure romance has given women such a safe environment to come in and talk about their intimacy, talk about their relationship. Um, it, it's, a, it's a venue that not a lot of women have. And our divorce rate continues to keep creeping to 60%. And, and it is. It's the, the evolution is that people are becoming um, more open and they do want to talk about it and they do want answers and they do want uh, ideas on how to keep their intimacy hot and alive because nobody wants to go through, you know, the, the pain of a breakup or a pain of, you know, not being splitting the, family. Yeah, splitting the family up. So uh, that's the thing I think I've, I've seen because it started with Sex in the City and it has just moved even with even, you know, uh, with every Everything that's you know, with TV, radio, I mean, people, Fifty Shades of Grey, Pure Romance, people are just becoming more open about their intimacy. Right. And I think that they're really looking for answers. Instead of just going through, um, you know, the dad's, you know, the man of the house, I think that, you know, they're discovering that it's not just one person yep. that is in total control. It's both the husband and wife, you know, you know, are the two partners. Um, Intimacy is two people, uh, yeah. no matter what. I mean, yes, it starts with you, and you got to be intimate with yourself. But you know, to make a relationship work, you know, one side can't be all the, all the time responsible for the intimate actions of the family. It has, it to, has be to be both. There has to be that that, and that's where I think you know roles have, have changed over a period of time in, in our society as well. Is there still a lot of stigma around the term intimacy because? A lot of people just associate it with the sexes. Has it changed over the past decades where now people are starting to take what I feel is empowerment? You know, empowerment to me is a really big word, not just for women, but actually for men. And, and when I was in the airport just really two days ago, it was the funniest thing. Um, I've, I've gotten to know a lot of the people that work out there. One of the baggage uh, handlers who is a friend of mine came up to me and said, I never realized till I listened to the show with Chris Ciccinelli that women don't want to be fixed, that they don't want men to fix their problems. They just want you to listen. And and it stunned me for a moment. Not, I mean, because he picked up on that, and he said, in all of my years, and I, I don't know his age, but he's probably in his late 40s or 50, he said, I never realized that. And I've been doing it wrong my entire life, which is probably... You know, I learned so much from that show. And so you're really about education and empowerment, aren't you? I would say absolutely. 100%. You know, it, 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 and it, it's, it, that's what women come to Pure Romance for, is to give themselves, again, permission to become educated about their bodies, even how to communicate more effectively with their health care provider. Um, and, and I've always tell women the best gift that you can give to your children is to have your children see that intimate that intimacy between you and your significant other. Uh, so it, that's the best gift that you can give them. I mean, the education is is so vital because a lot of women come to the the, the parties or they ask questions that they feel that intimidated to ask their medical professional. So we, our consultants, are almost like lay sexual health professionals. We get eighteen thousand women that are in houses all throughout the United States, and we'll see four point eight million people that will attend a party. These women are coming because not just because it's fun. Yes, they want to get away. They they want to have a good time. They want to talk to their, their friends about um, uh, their intimacy, but they also want to be educated on um, educated on their bodies. I mean, educated on where things are happening. Is, is am I normal? And you're right. It's women are are different. They have they don't want to be fixed. They want to know how they can fix things, and they want to be empowered. And I think that that's what we've seen over this period of time is just the empowerment of women, you know, kind of hear me roar. I'm going to take over my, my sexuality. I want to be more involved in my relationship. And I want to make decisions in make, my bedroom. Yep. In and out of my bedroom. Yep. Well, I imagine for some men who have grown up thinking that, 
you know, power is everything. It's hard for them to let go and 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 have the equality and the balance in their life with their partner. You know, and 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 my guess is that they were taught, you know, if there's a problem, you know, I'm in a hurry, let me go fix it. And you don't really get to learn and grow if you don't learn to take care of yourself and and feel the power of yourself to do it. So I, I think I think that that a lot of us have lost our way. In, in the confusion of every day. I mean, the other thing that I find interesting is that we're in a, you know, we've had tough times in the economy. We've had tough times, uh, you know, in, in many different ways. And this should be a fun thing. I mean, this being intimate with someone is a, is, is a blessing. It's, it's something that, you know, uh, when, when you have it, you, you, if you understand it, you must be able to feel better about yourself because you're making somebody happy. And more importantly, I guess, in some ways, you're making yourself happy because you're fulfilling those things that probably have been deep desires, you know, probably your whole life. And that's what I like about what you do, because you bring people together. First of all, they're able to communicate with one another and talk about their most intimate fears and things that are barriers to feeling their intimacy with their partner or even things about themselves. But they're really growing and they're becoming more whole. Isn't that kind of what's happening? I think absolutely. When you're able to have someone that you can share your thoughts with and you can spend time and you can even respect each other, even if you have differences in opinions, um, that you can respect their opinion, though it might not be yours. I think that it's, I think that's healthy. That's good. And, you know, you build, that's the way you build trust. And this is, you know, you know, when somebody doesn't make you take on their, you know, point of view and demand that that should be how you're thinking or your, you know, how you would, um, you know, what your thoughts, your thought plan should be. Uh, I think giving that person space and um, letting them make decisions and respecting each other. I think that that's when you feel safe, secure, and that's the person that you want to spend time with and be intimate with. Yeah, I, I would think in today's world you would seek that out as opposed to the person who's just going to take care of you and, and provide everything for you because effectively you, you lose your way that way. I, I'm curious, is it possible, and I assume it is, but I'm, I'm asking the experts, is it possible to be intimate with someone without sex? Absolutely. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are some of the best relationships, you know, uh, and, and we see, you know, uh, I, I've heard, we have letters, and there are people that, you know, you know, can't have it, uh, relations. They can't have uh, well, I sex, think it, and they basically, they basically write in, and they have some of the best relationships because it, it really, the relationship is the communication. That's mm-hmm. where it sits, and a lot of people think it has to be, that it has to be sex, and it's not, and it's not the act of it. It is literally... It's the communication. It's the touch. It's the, you know, just even a back massage. Most women will find that more intimate than they will find the actual act. And it's because of that, um, that touch and that feel and the, and the, and, and the communication that's open. I mean, you, you, we, we see letters upon letters about people that have stayed together 50, 60 years, and, and some of them have not been able to have and be able to have sex, and it, it, it's truly amazing. Well, again, it not being the act itself, I think that there's people that you just, again, might just be a really great friend that you're able to just, you know, share time with. And, you know, again, uh, the thoughts and respecting the, the way each other thinks, yep. I, I think that that, that's, that is intimacy in itself. So it doesn't have to be somebody that you live under the same roof or you, um, you know, you see every single day. It can be somebody from your, you know, that you have as a friend, you know, from grade school. And, you know, it's just somebody you always know is going to be there for you and have your back no matter what. Well, I never understood, and I'm almost 6'3 and weigh about 195 pounds. And I go to movies a lot, sometimes alone, most of the time alone. And I can't think of a lot of movies where I don't end up crying in the movie. And I often used to say to myself, I'm looking around and a lot of these guys aren't crying. I mean, you know, and throughout my history of my life, I remember actually being told that it probably wasn't the right thing for a man to cry during a movie. I mean, probably got that from my father. But, I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to be taught 
because I think it's, you know, it's, a, it's an emotion. And emotion is what's behind all of this, isn't it? It's the right to have these feelings and share them with people and be vulnerable. Isn't that probably one of the most attractive things you could have from the opposite sex? Absolutely, without a doubt. You know, when, again, you have, whether it's a, you know, a, a friend or a partner, um, being able to, you know, be vulnerable, I think, you know, and cry at a movie or show your emotion, I but think that you, that's so yeah, healthy. It is healthy, but here, women get that, right? And men, we, we carry such this, this front and this barrier. Jimmy's right. I mean, like, when you think about it, like, we, we as an early age, you know, oh, don't cry, wipe it off, you know. You, Who that, did that come from, your father? It, it comes from, <laughs> it might, and, you yeah. know, and so when you think about it, though, that's how, you know, we have this, this barrier that is put, most men do. So, well, I think that that's something that, I, but you're as right. a mother, I have always but that's told where, you that's where you break down, and that's yeah. when you get to take intimacy to the next level. Is when you can actually let your whole self show through and not have those barriers in, in place. Well, I think so, that comes from coaches and many other right. you know, things. Yeah, and that was my other question. If you look back, and I'm sure you've you've studied this a lot because it's a fascinating subject. How did we ever get to the place? as human beings where we just, you know, it wasn't okay to cry or it wasn't okay to feel the emotion. And especially as men, I mean, we were taught by all of the mentors we had growing up and, and, and certainly in my generation and, you know, I'm 60. So, I mean, I'm people around me were always saying, Oh, you can't cry. You know what, you know what Chris just said. And it was just so wrong. It's just, it just isn't, you know, and so what is the thing that changed and besides companies like yours that you build and the way you're teaching people, what has really evolved here? Don't you think the evolution of the of the of the human spirit and of and of what's going on is really so critical for us to even just save our planet? I mean, because it does carry into so many things that we do, whether it's war or whether it's how we pick somebody up off the street who's fallen down or whatever. But if you don't have that, you don't care. And then you kind of live in an isolated world where you're not touched by anything that's going on. And that's what I love about what you're doing, because you're opening people's hearts. You're opening people's minds. And to me, that's the most important thing you can give back. You know, I think it's, I think what you're saying is it's, it's, you know what, you got to step out and you got to do something different, right? And I think that that's where the evolution has changed. The evolution of what Patty did, you know, back in, in, in 1993 by opening this business in, in conservative Cincinnati, Ohio, and didn't go with the norm and didn't go with, you know, with, you know, what everybody thought she should be doing, which was a pediatri- pediatrics assistant. She was supposed to be the PTA room mom, um, you know, but she was my mom. So she took a risk and started something that, that was needed. She saw a need for it and, and said, you know what, I'm not going to do what everybody expects me to do. And I think that's exactly, you know, what's happened in our society is that, you know, I think a group of, of, of guys that, yeah, we were told to do this and we were told to put our shields up in front of us and not cry, not whatever. But I think more of us are starting to step outside of our box and say, you know what, no, that, that, that doesn't feel right. That's not how we should feel. Why would we hold it in? Because it's going to hurt us worse by holding it in. I think that's where we're seeing that, that evolution. I think you're you're hearing those messages oh, loud and clear these days, you know, where, you know, it's not healthy. You know, if you, it's not healthy to hold that stress in. You know, they talk about, you know, how to, you know, whether it's going to the gym or, or finding a place or a person that you're able to go in and see, uh, whether it's a psychologist, just some place to get rid of this. Again, um, I think that people are, sh- are given uh, a lot of different avenues to travel these days to be able to be more open. Yep. And it's not like the 50s anymore where it's just it's done one way and one way only. Well, you know, one question I have, we got a couple minutes before break, but Patty, I am curious because uh, we didn't uh, uh, talk uh, when, when Chris and I uh, had our show. When you back in if you think back to 1993, it took it must have taken unbelievable courage and conviction by you to do what you did. And I'm just curious how, you know, for our listeners and people who think about starting businesses and all the different ideas that people probably keep inside themselves and never do it. You did something really unique and really special in a conservative city, and you made it work, and you changed people's lives. What was it about you and what you were going through then that allowed you to do that? 
You know, let me just give it to you this way. You know, when I went in, when I watched a Bill Donahue show, and this subject matter happened to be on Donahue one morning, and it was, you know, I decided throughout the day, I, I thought about this and thought, I can do this. I called, talked to a very well-versed consultant, and became a consultant for that for that particular company. You know, I had invited 20 women to show up at my house a week, a week from the day that I became a consultant because I knew that my kit would arrive that day. And when I opened up the door that night and the UPS driver was there, gave me the box of, you know, all the, you know, bedroom toys and lubricants and lotions, I almost had a breakdown because I, <laughs> I really don't know anything about any of these products. What, what was I thinking when I did this? But you know what? When my doorbell rang and women started arriving and I had invited about 20 women and there was 40 plus women in my home, I remember standing there and listening to these women and it was all about their need. It wasn't about what was in that box. It was all about having a safe environment where they could gather. They could finally have a place to ask questions, that they could learn more about their bodies and about themselves. And at the time, you know, I decided, you know, I was going to surround myself with wonderful people. I was going to pick up every piece of literature I, I, I could pick up. And I was going to provide those answers for those women. And that hasn't changed. I still am as passionate, more so even, the night that I did that party, that presentation, to today, you know, which is many years. And I love, I love this. I mean, every day we find ourselves, you know, growing and evolving and, and, you know, and continuing to empower, educate, and entertain women everywhere. Well, one, I can thank you on behalf of a heck of a lot of people, women and men, for doing that because you changed lives for the better. You've opened up doors that probably never and certainly in this city would have ever opened up. And, you know, I was so excited to want to dedicate this this day to you and okay. to your company the two of you who have built just a really spectacular company that we're, we should be very blessed in our city to have you as a partner in our city and as someone who contributes to the well-being. Because this is about wellness. This is about, you know, lives changing for the better. And I've always felt if people are happy and they feel good inside about themselves, they're going to be positive in their relationships and, more importantly, and giving back. So thank you on behalf of everybody for that. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you about the company and about the products and about some of the different ways and experiences that you both have, have you know, come across and, and building out a global uh, company. I know that you all are hard at work at, at making this a, a massive global brand and, and successful at it. And so uh, we're going to take a little break. It's um, Ms. Jimmy Gould with A Current Life. I'm with my very special guest, Patty Brisbane and Chris Ciccinelli from Pure Romance. This show is brought to you by Pure Romance, Green Mountain Coffee, and Ad Space Ball Network. Please stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Valentine's Day special edition of A Current Life. This is Jimmy Gould, your host, with my very special guests, Patty Brisbane and Chris Ciccinelli. Um, when we left, uh, we were talking a little bit about how Patty founded the company in 1993 and, and when the UPS man came to the door. Tell me a little bit more about kind of what 
uh, a typical day in your lives are like at Pure Romance and and how people get involved and and what are some of the ways that they can get involved, the products that you have, and, and just kind of what you've learned through, through these, I guess you're going on two decades now, right? Something like that. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, I don't really know if your listeners will really enjoy listening to how Mom and I work every day together. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's so funny. Um, you know what? It, a typical day, when, when we, I guess when we first started, when I first started with her back in 2000, I mean, Mom was doing everything. She was doing, you know, the ordering. She was doing the customer service. She was doing the counting. She was going out at night doing parties. Um, she was packing boxes, you know, just shipping out to the to the 300 consultants that she had, you know, just basically in Cincinnati and Detroit at that time. And Kentucky. Don't forget Kentucky. Kentucky. Um, and so, you know, that was a typical day. And when I first got on, um, you know, her first thing to me was, look, I don't want to deal with banks. I don't want to deal with attorneys. And I don't want to deal with accountants. And I said, okay. <laughs> So uh, we basically had a church and state, you know, like she dealt with the product and dealt with the training. And my job was to think about where the company was going to go and where we were going to grow and, and how we marketed. Um, and that's kind of how we've operated for, you know, the past uh, going on 14 years now working with each other. But we spent the first three years together from 2000 to 2013, you know, going from city to city to city. And we started in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes, the most conservative city, uh, we think, in the union. And then we went to the second most conservative, we, which was St. Louis. My mom thought I was crazy when I said, you know, let's go to St. Louis, try to open this up. And, I, and she goes, you know, why? I said, because it's the second most conservative city. And if it works in St. Louis, we're going to make it happen anywhere. And, yes, we went there and, uh, in 2000 and in September. And I remember we did – it was it was an awesome event. And, uh, and from that that time, we spent three years in a U-Haul together coming – going home just for Christmas and Thanksgiving and uh, and going from city to city to city and, and our business and the people we'd meet – um, because there was a lot of women that were saying, look, I want some extra opportunity to bring extra money into my family and bring extra income in. So we were gaining representatives that wanted to sell this product category, even in the times that it was taboo and people were like, you do what? Um, you know, so it, it was really good. But I really think about this. I'm kind of still in therapy over the three years I had to spend in the U-Haul with my mother. Uh, you learned a lot, Jimmy. But you I, learned a lot. I did. I learned a lot from women. And that was kind of like, that was the, that was the start of, uh, of, of how we did it. And today, it's, it's very similar to how our days are. I mean, you know, mom is really involved in, in her foundation and really involved in, in product and really involved in, in, you know, making sure that we're staying on the most cutting edge, working with our universities and our doctors and our, and our medical programs that we that we have not just you know just working inside of the um, you know the party plan as much well I first of all uh, three things one I admire the relationship the two of you had because I could not have spent three years in a U-Haul with my mother certainly not not in regard to a particular company <laughs> that you guys have built secondly uh, I mean picking st. Louis was brilliant because you know we we built Build-A-Bear and that was out of St. Louis headquartered and took it into a global brand at 600 million and and what I find interesting is most people don't understand that if it if it works in Cincinnati and St. Louis it'll probably work anywhere and mm-hmm. they they don't get that and that was brilliant and what what I do want to kind of focus on is the fact that I think that that you've bucked such a trend you know you created something new in a in the most conservative environments, which I think in some ways is brilliant, and in other ways had some barriers to it that probably you'll always have in some regard. But you know what's great about it is you didn't take the easy road. I mean, you went up against some things. You had to change thinking. You had to change a lot of stuff. And that's also, to me, what makes it all worthwhile. I am curious about the role of, and, and moving into more specifics, the role of foreplay and intimacy. You know, that's something that I think is highly overlooked, and I'd like to really, you know, ask you both, kind of talk about foreplay a little bit, which I I guess I define as kissing and touching and playing and feeling and the different things that come in a relationship that I think most people probably aren't very good at, but maybe I'm wrong. You tell me what you think. Well, I'm going to break this down really simple for you. You know, I always say that foreplay is probably one of the most important things to start with. And the reason being is, you know, men are very much like microwaves, and women are very much like crockpots. That's right. That 
it takes, you know, men can be in, you know, ready on the field, ready to go <coughs> within seconds. Where women, you know, I, we're still looking up at the ceiling, wondering if we should paint it. We're going through our, you know, our task for the following day. And so, therefore, it really gives that, it gives the woman an opportunity to really kind of, uh, relax and get into the act itself. So I, I've always said that foreplay is just a very overlooked and but very important part of of having a good intimate relationship. Um, and so we encourage that. We talk a lot, especially at the Pure Romance parties, about, you know, how to really put foreplay into your relationship, some of the things that you should do. How does somebody learn that though? Because if you're in a relationship and you're and and the microwave is dating the crockpot and they're living together and they're they've got all the distractions every day like Chris talked about. You come home, you got the kids, you got the the money, you got all the different things that are going on. Who? How does it get initiated? How does it? When you talk at your parties, how does? Because I'm sure this comes up. It's kind of like well. You know, I'm the fourth one on the ladder. I used to say God, children, work, and then my wife. You know, well, I've also been married, you know, a couple times. So my point is I didn't do a very good job of it, but I would love to understand how it starts, how it gets initiated. Is it one person's responsibility? Is it both person's responsibility? Is it an event that you talk about and then you kind of say, okay, let's kiss, or you just do it? I mean, that to me is what, what I'd like to learn. Well, you know, the the reason that I really felt it was so important is because, you know, I, I'm a pretty good listener. So I was always listening to what women were, you know, why they said it was failing in the bedroom. And so, therefore, that's when I really realized how important it was to have a focus in within the party itself to talk just about foreplay. And, you know, and it, it, it has to be initiated with both parties. Always both it, parties. You know, it, it can't just be an obligation, just truly all a woman's. But one of the things that I have told women, if you, if this isn't something that your relationship's been used to, maybe you're the one that's going to have to start out, and then you're going to have to be able to communicate to your partner, hey, listen, you know what, I, I've been initiating this, so it's your turn. You know, come up with some great ideas. Even, you know, give him a book, some ideas. It's, it's, we hear this all the time. I like when yeah. you do this. When, I'm, when we, you know, I'm always the minority in the room, right? So I'm always a minority because when we go to events or we're doing with our consultants, they come in, they, they start talking about this, what are, what's happening to parties. The number one foreplay thing that we hear that women say that they like more than anything is a massage. Right. I mean, Number one thing, and it's a one thing that guys we we hate to do sometimes is that that just those little things because you know what we don't know how to we we don't know how to do it, but that's where the communication is so important in a relationship because that's when I'm talking to to my wife or when these when people are talking to each other they have to take these notes down and it's almost like a mental checklist. Oh, that's what she said last week. Oh, I better implement this in because you know. And most guys are going, oh, I'm going to get lucky tonight because I did some, I did some starting, you know, I did a massage to start with. Mm-hmm. So, here, so, so, but let me ask this question. So, let's say I come home, and because I care about, you know, uh, the communication, and and we've been, you know, there's different things going on, and I walk over and I start massaging the neck of my wife or girlfriend or significant other, whatever. I don't necessarily want to carry it to the to, to a sexual event, and I don't want to let somebody down because what you said initially is it's more important that we have the connection because it leads to something maybe not that moment, but down the road. And you're building, aren't you cumulative? Isn't this a cumulative thing that you're you're really building a relationship, a trust between? Isn't trust like a really big part of this? Well, trust is always a big part of your relationship, uh, and it, it very well should be. But it's, you know, I, I think, again, this is where you have to communicate your needs and wants to your partner. Um, and you have to kind of have a, a sense of, you know, if you just want to do, a, you know, give a massage and you don't want anything else, that has to be communicated. I'm going to give you this massage, and then I want to, let's just, Let's just spoon, or let's just you know lie naked together, or whatever it is. Right. Um, I think you have to communicate that. Sometimes women feel like, oh my God, 
if I, you know, if I let him give me a massage, it's going to lead to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe it just starts off with you just telling, hey, I, I just want to give you a nice massage. I'm not asking for anything else. And I think probably what you'll find is she'll lead you into the next thing. I got so you. I, I, I think sometimes it's just building that trust, letting her make the decision every now and then, making her feel like, what do you mean? You just want to give me a massage and that's it? Oh, what's this? So, <laughs> yeah. And is it always verbal, though, or can it just be kind of hand signals? In other words, basically, <laughs> you know, that, I mean, because I always felt, and this is my question, does intimacy have to be spontaneous or can it be planned? Oh. I think it's yeah. I think it's I think intimacy is. It, it, I think it's both. I think it's I think it's. I'm just speaking, you know, from what I hear. I think it's both. I think intimacy can be planned, and I think it can be because think about the little like like, like coupon for lovers book or the things that the the women you know might put in your pockets, you know, uh, or you do for your significant other, you know, like little boats for each other. Well, I, I think it's always important to show your partner that you're constantly thinking about them. And, you know, we we teach women in many ways on how to let your partner know that you're, you're in their thoughts every single day. You know, yes. we'll have little coupons that will suggest, you know, put this in, you know, whether it's his lunchbox or his coat pocket or his briefcase, wherever he, you know, even his sun visor. Let him know that you're thinking about him. You know, send him a text in the middle of the day and tell him exactly what it is that he's going to look forward to. Or even if, you know, or even if it's just some quality time or I need to talk, let him know. So I think it's, you know, I think there's some of it is planned. Some of it could be, you know, just an intimate activity. Um, so there's there's many different. That does does the, does the fact of vulnerability play a big role in in a lot of the products that you have created and address in in your parties, as an example? For instance, you know. Um, you have on your website uh, a, a female masturbation guide, and and you, I know you, um, and and you, 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 that that to me seems like something that is a very taboo subject in a lot of, especially probably in Cincinnati, but around the around the United States, and yet probably one of the most critical things that could exist in in a relationship either personally or in a relationship. Can you kind of address that and how you get people comfortable and, and, and willing to admit vulnerability and then allow themselves to try things, whether it's your products or, or following your guides or the different things like that, so that they really allow themselves to, you know, not think negatively about, about this, but look at it as a positive adventure? Well, here's one of the things when, you know, I think it's important for a woman to know her body. I think it's important for a woman to be able to uh, tell her partner exactly how she likes to be touched. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes we feel that every single person out there has a significant other. So if, if they don't, does this mean that there should be no intimacy in their life? Should there, you know, I mean, I'm in the belief that, you know, use it or lose it. Um, So that's why I think, you know, having bedroom toys, you know, where you can use it with your partner. We we have a... a, um, we have a bedroom toy called the Jolly Tool Belt, which really levels the playing field in, and, uh, you know, stimulates the female and puts them, you know, puts them right where they both should be at the same time. Um, it incorporates both of them. It incorporates both, both male and female. So I think, you know, it's all in, you know, I, I think knowing your body, knowing yourself and being able to whether it's to use a product or your or self exploration yes, is important. So uh, how uh, how have uh, in your parties? I assume they're all women. Is that true? Our, our, we wanted to always provide a safe environment just right. for women. Yeah. So our parties are just for women. Now that doesn't say that. Men cannot, does not benefit because men can order our products. You know, mm-hmm. of course, sometimes, many times, they are the beneficiary of the product when the, she gets home from the party. So, um, you know, and always we have customer service where you can call and ask questions about the product. 
Well, I would think men would benefit not just from the products too, but also the fact that they're in relationships and and the knowledge that this is being gained and the openness and the stuff like that. I mean, relationships can only benefit from what you're doing. I mean, all over the world, the most important thing that I've taken away from getting to know you guys and, and just your company is is there's no downside here. It's all upside. And, and everything that you're doing is helping people get comfortable with themselves, which is only going to make them feel better about themselves and therefore contribute. So I don't see anything that should not, I mean, everybody should be doing this and everybody should be opening themselves to it and, you know, and inviting you into their homes because, frankly, I think that's where it all starts. I think, you know, you, there, I, I heard, I think it was Chris that said, you heard a psychologist said intimacy starts in the morning at the kitchen table, having coffee, breakfast together, look in one's eyes, the touching of their hands that builds confidence and assurance. And over time, it gets translated into intimacy. And then we're having sex is the most natural of the progression. I mean, obviously, you that's a belief that you two have and, and taking that. And then applying it to everything every day, and and you know, I happen to think that probably our Congress would be a lot better off if they if they read your book, Patty, and if they were able to follow your lead, because they certainly can't even talk to one another, let alone understand one another. I, I agree with you. You know, this is what I tell women every day: is if you think just having a piece of paper and somebody standing in front of you, pronouncing you partners for the rest of your life is, you know, going to carry over and hold you together for the rest of your life. You are simply lost your mind because it's just like anything else. Boredom will set in. I mean, steak is great, but you know what? After about the fourth night, you're begging for chicken. So that's, you know, I am always encouraging people to um, kind of, you know, try different things to keep that fire burning, you know, to keep the passion going. But what, 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 unfortunately, and I am going to put you on the line and tell you guys, I need you to come back because there's about 250 questions I've not even been able to address. And, and I've decided just sitting here that I'd like to dedicate the next couple of weeks to really talking about intimacy and what you all do. So hopefully you'll you'll give me another hour at some point in time where we're able to expand on the rest of this because there's so much. I want to talk, Patty, about your book, uh, Pure Romance Between the Sheets, and I want to particularly talk about the program you created uh, around around sensuality, sexuality, survival, and, and, and your incredible work uh, with the cancer program. Can you talk a little bit about those things? Because those are just so, I mean, they would be their own show, but I'd like to hear it from you. I, I would absolutely love to come back and talk to you about all of those. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. And and we're going to dedicate not just this week, but next week as well, and, and just take this to a whole new level. I mean, this show goes into 180 countries, and, and we really think that these are game changers, what you're doing, and, and this is necessary that everybody hear about it. So um, tell me about your book and about the work you're doing, w- w- especially with cancer patients. Well, one of the things that we did is I started in 2005, I started a foundation called the Patty Brisbane Foundation for Women's Sexual Health. And the reason that I wanted to start this is, you know, I I said in the very beginning that it was so important to fill questions for women and also to be able to give them answers, help them, you know, provide them with answers. What I started finding was women were coming to me with so many issues as as our company grew. And I would go to the people that we were working with, whether it was Indiana University, whether it was UC, what I was finding that there was very little research done in regards to women's sexual health. And I really felt ashamed as a woman that we've let that go by the wayside. So we have four focuses within our foundation, and one of them being menopause. Still, there's so many questions that are unanswered about menopausal issues. Uh, libido and desire. You know, just with medications that are out there uh, that women take, you know, that has an effect, birth control, whatever. Um, Then intimacy after cancer treatment. You know, you know, women's bodies change. They don't feel the same. It's not going to be the same. And to be able to, to just 
you know, grab her by the hand and tell her, you're not in this by yourself. We're going to help. We're going to see you through this. We're going to help you through this. And then, of course, the last one was pain disorder. Um, women who are absolutely love their partners, but they cannot be intimate with their partners because they're in so much pain. Doctors can now, you know, give you a diagnosis, but no treatment plan. Well, why is that? because there's not enough research. So right now what the Patty Brisbane Foundation does is it's working to give more research, not only for women, but also for our healthcare providers. So we will have treatment plan. Well, you're uh, an amazing human being. And, and I mean, uh, I, am, I am holding the two of you to, we're going to make this a two-week event. Uh, our time's uh, up. I'd like to thank Patty Brisbane and Chris Ciccinelli for so openly talking about the many different layers of intimacy. It's been incredibly informative and educational for me and a real pleasure to be involved with Pure Romance. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel and our sponsors, Pure Romance, Green Mountain Coffee, and Ads Baseball Network. And please stay tuned for our time next Friday at 3 o'clock. And until next time, I wish each and every one of you a journey filled with hope, inspiration, success. And Patty, to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Chris, as always, thank you, my friend. And I look forward to continuing this. We have much more to talk about. And we all thank you on behalf of the great work you're doing at Pure Romance. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please tune in to another great program with your host, Jimmy Gould, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.